This is Don't Panic, episode number 380, recorded February 12th, 2024. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who only watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. It's Dan Miller and Colby Rabideau. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello, Sean. I don't even watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Not even the commercials got me to watch the Super Bowl this year. Nothing nothing was compelling you. No. Um, I would have probably, well, I don't know. I don't think I would have watched it even if it was easier, but I didn't want to go on the verge and go to like, here's how I watch the Super Bowl. Like sign up for your free Paramount Plus trial and then blah, blah, blah. I was like, ah, it's, it's well, not worth it. I read a book. You know what I did? I read a book. Boo. Boo this man. Boo. Um, the, I, there is a tech angle, Dan. You might have, did you, do you know anything about the uh, Nickelodeon uh, broadcast Television? of the Super Bowl? network uh no i didn't know about that so nickelodeon is doing this thing now where um they simulcast on nickelodeon for kids and so they they do like crazy effects and all this kind of stuff but they actually took tom kenny who voices spongebob and then the guy who voices patrick whose name i don't remember and they strapped essentially it's an iphone on a stick in front of their face and it tracks all their facial movements and so I'll see if I can share my screen here and you can see an example of it. But they were tr- in real time. They were c- SpongeBob and Patrick were commenting on the game. What? That's so cool. <laughs> um, and so let's see if you can see that. So they're oh on the on God. the right are the characters. I, can't this game. Uh, I have it muted, I think. Um, but you can see. Uh, let's skip ahead to where there's some Nick action. Oh, here. So they have like. The, the, here's Christian McCaffrey scoring his touchdown, and you'll see they have slime cannons that go off and, and shoot like fake slime into the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> and they do all this this for kids. It's wild. Uh, I'll go see if they get any more of the. Oh, they got they got Sandy there from SpongeBob doing sideline commentary. They they do like all these 3D effects and stuff. It's crazy. Wow. It's uh, aggressively produced. And then they have uh, Patrick and SpongeBob live commenting um, th- throughout the broadcast. So, anyways, I, I okay, I want to go back and watch that. <laughs> I should have sent you. I knew somebody told, oh, I think it might have been Matt. Somebody told me they're like, I'm watching the Nickelodeon one. And I'm like, that's probably <laughs> smart. That's awesome. Wow. <sighs> Dedication. Indeed. Indeed. What else is uh what else is going on, guys? Listen, we got a lot. We got the Super Bowl. Valentine's Day is this week, in case you forgot for your significant others. Uh it's Black History Month. I'm sure we'll dig into that one. Um what what else is what else is going on, guys? So when was the last time we had a show? It wasn't that long ago, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Or was it even yeah. last week? And neither of you two revealed that you had to actually purchase an Apple Vision Pro, or or did we already talk about that? <laughs> well, listen, I you know, just because the police officer pulled me over, it's technically not illegal in Massachusetts to wear one while driving. And I just want to make it clear, I don't care what the body camera video showed, I did not assault him. 
Okay. I thought I was closing <laughs> an app and I accidentally punched him in the face. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, no, Dan, I have, I haven't, you know, I, I it's funny cause the Apple store is the only reason I ever go to the mall anymore. So no, I haven't been to the mall lately. Haven't gotten my, my headset. Did you take the Apple vision pro challenge Colby? No, unfortunately. No. All right. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will be trying it hopefully on Thursday if all goes well. So maybe next week I can report back. But next is next is next Monday a holiday? President's Day. President's Day. Okay. Maybe the week after I can report back. Um, but I, I guess my question for you, Dan, is this a, a try on for fun or is this a try on for a serious considered a purchase? try on for fun that costs zero dollars. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, do, do you think the Apple Store guys frown on that? No, no, no. They, you can sign up. Wait, but they, you not but do you think they'll get like, no, I knew that, but you think they'll like get a no, at the end they're like, so do you want to buy? And you're like, no, you think they like, oh, great, another guy who just could. wanted to try him on. I would be surprised if you could. Like, do they, I don't know. Because I, how, I, how backward it is it now online? Oh, I, well, I assumed it would be like a pre-order or something. I see, I see. Do you yeah. think they, but then uh, sometimes I forget that the Apple stores. Yeah, I well, it's so. no, I don't either. But I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just used to being in next to sales, so I overthink these things. <laughs> but I think after like the fifth guy who's like, "No, I was just trying it for fun." He's like, "Well, is somebody going to buy the headset?" <laughs> I do wonder but, if they let you try it on more than once. But you live in a pretty hip area, Dan. I would think that they're at least selling some. Have you seen any out in the wild? I have not yet seen one in person. I was mm. at the company offsite last week, and people were texting people there. So I was I was two degrees separated from people who had them. And I did see a screenshot of the receiving end of a FaceTime call from someone who has the headset on. <laughs> uh <laughs> which is a very convoluted sentence but but uh, otherwise no i have not i have not tried it by the way how was the valley of the sun phoenix um colder than seattle raining the entire time uh no that sun. that little hurricane almost hurricane that hit california arrived right after we landed and stayed for three and a half days <laughs> um so yeah it wasn't much but it delivers March 1st through March 7th, so only three weeks out if you buy now. That's not bad. But uh, we did get to go to the Museum of... The, the Musical Instrument Museum is what it's called. It's the I think it's the world's largest collection of musical instruments. Uh, it was very cool. They had... They know how to get you because the first exhibit, you have to go through this one exhibit first before you get to this like rotunda of other exhibits. And that exhibit is the largest instruments in the world exhibit, which is a great <laughs> opener. Um, so like the octo, the double octo contra bass, uh, which comes with a stand and a lever system that you have to do to hold down the strings at the top <laughs> of the <laughs> a humongous uh that's not what are they a bass a, like a bass violin a bass um so that was cool but then also right next to it they had this glass case and in the glass case was a guitar case and in the guitar case was nothing and the thing underneath said air guitar 
Uh, <laughs> but it, the great, it was so the, the other parts of the museum were wild because they have like broken out by continent, I guess. But then the only country that I could not find, I, I was trying to think of some weird countries. The only country I could not find musical instruments for in this museum was the Faroe Islands. Every other country I checked, they had Mauritius was the smallest. They had only two different musical instruments from Mauritius. Um, mm. So if you were ever in Phoenix, uh, this museum is pretty crazy. Um, you, We were there for two hours. We could have spent four, like, the other interesting thing is actually a tech angle. You're given this, you know, you go to museums, you get like the self-guided tour headset and it has like a keypad and you're like, I'm in, you know, enter number 53. You don't, you don't have to enter anything for this one. As soon as you approach an exhibit, it starts playing the music that the instrument would make. Uh, and if there are any TVs, it automatically tunes you into the sound for that TV, which makes sense because unlike most museums, this museum would be 100% exhibits playing sound all the time you'd never be able to hear anything if it was just playing playing over the air um so that was really cool and as a result the exhibits are very engrossing you can you could visit all of them and they're interesting to look at so the, my favorite one that i saw was somewhere I, in africa i think i took a picture of it it was uh well before i get to that another interesting thing is this museum if you you know blindfolded me and then took me into the museum and said you're in the dance museum of the united states i would be like There's a lot of musical instruments but but yeah that makes sense because every single tv that's showing a musical instrument being played is almost always also showing a dance that goes with that instrument so anyways the coolest one i saw was somewhere in some african country there is an instrument that they are playing but that is this instrument is used for the camel dance and the camel dance is people riding camels and the camels are dancing in unison <laughs> with people on top of the camels. It was so crazy. Um, so yeah, yeah, ever in Phoenix, definitely check it out. That's cool. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Founded by Bob Ulrich, uh, the guy who essentially f- turned target into what it is today. Former CEO of target. Oh, I didn't know that <laughs> more than 7,500 instruments from more than 200 countries and territories around the world. Very neat. Wow. Did you see a hurdy gurdy? Uh, <laughs> let me. I'm googling it. I asked because the other day Laura told me that she oh, yes. a hurdy gurdy. Yes, in fact, I have seen this instrument played live on two separate occasions. Wow. <laughs> um. Yes. Oh, wait, maybe not. Sorry, I've seen the Swedish cousin of this instrument played twice. I have I have not seen this one. What's but I'm that, sure I, that one given that this thing has a Wikipedia article with lots of text on it, I guarantee you they had at least one of these. The Swedish one is called a nickel harpa. Oh, look at that. I have no idea how you play this, but any instrument with a crank is absolutely in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Which one is that? Oh, the, the hurdy gurdy has a crank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't scroll down far enough to see the crank. Uh, <laughs> here, I found a store that will sell you one. Here, that's only five thousand dollars. What a deal! I could get a vision. It's very, but this is the full Monty. It's thirty six hundred down, Colby. I mean, 
This is the <laughs> premium. The best of the best. The most sound clips. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so un- that's like the bagpipe of string instruments. Yes, it has that's- it has a drone. Oh. <laughs> oh. You can tell her I said that. Oh. <laughs> More power to you, buddy. I d- for this week Colby's picking earplugs. <laughs> now what you need is an electric hurdy-gurdy so you can just plug your headphones right into it nobody else has to see. Uh, has to hear. That's smart. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be your next next time you have some time off between jobs. You you could uh, <laughs> take up electrical electric. engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. I like the look of the nickel harpa though. It's very complicated looking. Yeah, it's it's very elaborate. It sounds kind of cool. It doesn't sound like it's it sounds kind of like a regular fiddle or something. It doesn't sound like it justifies how insanely difficult it <laughs> seems to play. Right. But I guess maybe in the sense it's easier because you you just tune where the buttons press down the string and mm. and then you're good. I don't know. We we need to bring in the expert to to talk about this probably. <laughs> It it does bring up a good a good question though, uh, and discussion topic because I'm curious uh, for for both of you maybe you haven't thought of this if you could learn any one non standard instrument and define that how you will I'm talking no guitar or piano like it's got to be something sure. it, more interesting I, is there a particular instrument you would choose to like become an expert in. I have so many answers to this, but I don't know if any of them count as non-standard. No. Like, I was going to say accordion. Like, is that non-standard? I feel like that's not a straightforward instrument. Yeah. Um, My traditional answer was always French horn. But, you know, Mm. people in high school play a French horn, so I don't know how non-standard that is. Fair. What about a Spanish horn? Uh, one time I played, uh, I was somewhere where there was a theremin. Mm. Yeah, seen those. Very cool. So spooky. Was not easy to, well, I don't know. It sounded weird no matter what you did, so. <laughs> it seems like it's very sensitive. Mm. Yeah. H- have you guys seen that one guy on social media? He's come to my feet a few times where he has a, where he, takes like a sound cue and he plays it on a bunch of different instruments in a row and he'll be like glockenspiel ding 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 and then he'll go the 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 you know the whatever it is ding 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 the steel drum boom 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 like i love that shit that's great <laughs> i just saw that video today like that exact one oh, with the, the glockenspiel it's a guy he, he does a ton of that i can hear his voice but glockenspiel <laughs> ding 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 uh, he, he does a whole bunch of them, by the way, if you're ever really curious. Um, nice. he, he does plenty. Nice. I, I'm, I'm like totally blanking on non-standard instruments besides a hurdy-gurdy. 
I just Googled weirdest instruments. Um, nice. And the one that's really sticking out to me is the, you know, you, you know, you've heard of the, the Zeusophone. The mm-hmm. Zeusophone. This is the Zeusophone. It's a musical instrument that creates sound but with a Tesla coil and shooting lightning in all directions, basically. <laughs> now that would be cool. Wow. I'm sure it sounds great. Wow. I want to click play on it. Let me see. Uh, oh, it sounds like some a sound effect from a 1960s Doctor Who episode. <laughs> That's cool. I kind of like the like. I don't know if it's like Chinese or something. It's like it's like a a stick with like one string and like a bow of some yes. kind. And it um, seems it seems very hard to play, but it it uh, I think it sounds kind of cool. I don't know what it's called. Shit! What is that called? Um, I was just thinking about this the other day when it was like Lunar New Year. Yeah, like there's always someone in like the park playing one or like the 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 Urahu. Is that what it is? Yes. Urahu. Oh, yeah. Yes. Chinese fiddle. You know, speaking of fiddles, we could go all Americana. I will learn the washboard. Colby, you can learn the jug. And Dan, you could do like a banjo or something, and we could just be an old timey uh, backwoods music group. That could be fun. That sounds great. Seems simple. You know, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm like, oh, how how hard could it be to learn to do the jug? And I'm sure there's some like jug expert out there who's just sneering at me. Well, actually, (laughs) I spent my whole life dedicated to learning the jug. That's one of the amazing things about humanity. Right. People Someone's... will go to these links. <laughs> Banjos are funny. I always forget that the one string on the banjo doesn't go the whole way. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's like there's there's one the what the extra string doesn't go all the way to the top. It has its own little peg halfway down. I always like the little finger picks mm. for banjos. I always thought that was neat. Look dangerous. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> they look sharp. Just don't pick your nose. Um... Excellent. So anything uh anything else good gentlemen? No, no. I've spent oh. the last week um only basically doing what could be classified as our main topic. Absolutely, Dan. What a what a segue master. Uh <laughs> Yes. Well, I listen, I, you know, we were debating what we were going to talk about tonight. I am going to Las Vegas in two weeks for my big trade show. I'm sorry. Um, I, I, you know what? I go to Vegas once a year and I don't mind it. Now I go for seven days. That's too long. And I certainly don't need to go more than once, but I do actually like it there. It it doesn't, 
And it's good going on the company dime because uh, I get to spend their money at nice restaurants. That's really the only reason I go is the food. And the food is very good. Sure. Um, that makes sense. But I, I thought about it. Uh, we've all traveled a lot. Dan, you especially so. Um, and, you know, travel has changed a lot. And I'm always looking for new ways to make travel better, less miserable, more organized, whatever you want to call it. And technology and just the, in, in a broad sense, plays a big role in that. And I thought we could swap some stories, share some expertise, maybe learn something from one another, maybe some things I can take on my trip, uh, the folks listening at home can take on their future trips. I think we're we're understandably uh, almost experts in this field at this point. <laughs> uh, okay. I propose we, we start chronologically in, in how one embarks on a plane. And... And let's just restrict it to purely the act of traveling. Let's pretend you already know where you're going. So the first step is buying plane tickets. What is your process for buying a plane ticket? Mm. You using a website, you go, you just, you're, you're a United boy. You just go straight to United every time. What's going on? I usually go to like Google flights first. I feel like that's the, Mm -hmm. the thing of choice. It used to be, man, what was that? Hipmunk was that the kayak hip hipmunk hipmunk yeah, yeah. good time is defunct now right someone bought them maybe it was google defunct somebody monk. bought them um yeah i i do the same google flights is a great starting point um to at least kind of see what's loosely available i i will give you guys a website you might not know this one momondo.com m o Momon M O M O N D O Momondo. It's a great site. And what I love about them is they find lots of good deals in places, but it's also one of the most comprehensive all airline searches I've ever found. Um, and so when I'm, you know, if I'm looking for something generic and I'm not picky Google flights or, you know, whatever, but if I'm looking for something really specific, uh, I use Momondo. What, now, what would you be looking for? It's very specific. Um, it is a lot of um, flights at certain times or um, looking. F- like I said, what's nice is they have all the airlines, So, which Google Flights does not. Uh, and so they will find more obscure stuff you didn't know existed or they'll like match up different airlines like you fly one on one leg and a different one on the other or they have really great pricing graphs. It, it's to me just a more detailed Google flights um, for kind of the data side of it where you can kind of, the filters are a little more aggressive. Okay. Uh, but I usually I, end up I booking see through the airline. filter website. out any Boeing 737 MAX 9 <laughs> flights. On, uh... <laughs> That's very smart. Airbus all the way. Uh, Dan, what about you? I use Google flights. Uh, I used to use Hipmunk. Uh, now I use Google Flights. I don't. I don't love it. I the calendar view is nice if you're being flexible about when you get to a place. Being able to see that you know the price is it's you save three hundred dollars by flying on Thursday instead of Friday. That's helpful to know. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not a power user really. What is the one that everyone says you should use? That's like the uh, like. Um, like what's that? Like what's that website that everyone says you should use for weather? It's like the government. Um, 
Oh, is it the ITA Matrix? Yes, that's the one. Yeah, which is very good, by the way. So that's, believe it or not, Google bought the ATA, ITA Matrix, and that's what powers the Google Flights. But if you go directly to ITA Matrix, it's like the back-end search. And that also does a really good job for detailed flights, in my experience. I always forget mm. that's there. The only thing is you can't directly book through there. Mm. Like, there's an extra hoop you have to jump through to get to the site to purchase. But otherwise, it works well, my experience. What was this before it was owned by Google? I think it was just, it was like, it, it's very strange where it was like a third party service that was like the software backbone for the airline industry. Like they're the ones who first made it possible to like buy tickets online and do, and then Google bought them and all the airlines were freaking out like, oh, Google's going to turn off our access and they're going to, and Google's like, <laughs> no. So I still think all the airlines still use it. Um, it just Google owns the data. That's a good name. A smart play on their part. We could we should call more things the Matrix. ITA Matrix. The Matrix. Don't panic Matrix. That's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys uh I will say I am very obsessive when I'm buying my tickets of uh seat assignments. So I'm always grabbing my seat the second I buy the ticket and make sure I even have picked flights based mm-hmm. on what seats are available. Cause I, I need a window and I don't want to be in the back of the plane. Um, but that's an obsessive thing. I continue to check long after uh, buying the ticket. Um, historically, no, but Lena has introduced me to the exit row, which is a double edged sword. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically a cheaper way of flying even better than premium economy as long as you don't mind having to get up and open the, the overhead compartment every time you want to get anything. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So I haven't yet implemented that into or integrated that thought technology into my system, but I probably should. That's that's as far as I go. I'm an aisle guy. I'm an aisle guy, Sean. Because, oh. Because... Uh, if I get it, especially for long, longer flights, I don't have to ask anyone's permission to use the bathroom. It's like, that's that's huge. Well, it's funny because I was always a reason. Actually, I don't mind staying in the back of the plane. For me, the the time between when you look to see the sign that the the bathroom is open and when you actually get there is much less and you're not standing around like a jackass waiting for someone to get out of the bathroom. Mm. (laughs) I will say that I am the first. So, you know, when you're like waiting at the gate and there's like those couple people who are like right at like, I got to get on the plane as quickly as I'm those guys. Like I want to be first on the plane and I want to be off the plane as which is kind of weird because I end up sitting while everybody's loading, but I'm sat and then I want to get off the damn plane. And that's right. why I hate sitting in the back. We, we have to save that. We have to save that for the plane. Okay. All right. I'm section. getting ahead. I'm getting ahead. Keep <laughs> us going, Dan. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. I don't know. Is there anything else on buying? Or, you know, are you, are we premium economy people? Or are you just buying whatever? You, you, you uh, risk it on the saver fares. I usually do. I mostly travel for work. Oh, yeah. Your first class all the way. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I am very much economy uh, trying to save pennies where I can. That's so generous of you, Sean. I feel like if I'm traveling like, for work and it's over three hours, I'm I'm going to do premium economy. 
unless someone explicitly tells me not to. Uh, I feel like I'm entitled because I would rather stay home than <laughs> than fly for <laughs> six hours. <laughs> so that's that's the cause. Although I don't, I don't know if I told you guys this. When I flew back from Seattle, I had an expiring flight credit. Uh, from a few years ago, they bumped me and I got money from the airline. And so I took first class back from Seattle. Uh, and it was, I know why people pay for it. It was so amazing. (laughs) And I got a breakfast and everyone was really nice. And the drinks came in real glasses and the seats were big and it was luxurious. Were you lying down? Were you lying down flat? No, unfortunately not. I mean, it was a morning flight and, uh, I was up anyway, but, um, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty wonderful. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. So now you've booked your flight. I think the next thing as it relates to traveling, the act of traveling is packing. How do do you have a system for packing? Are you taking only a carry-on if at all possible, come hell or high water, or you just say fuck it, you're just checking it anyways? And I think if you pay for premium economy, that's free, Mm-mm. I think, but isn't otherwise, which is annoying. I Sean. used to be. Oh, Colby. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. I used to be uh, like, fuck it. I'm checking a bag anyways. And then one time I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to try you know, doing a duffel bag and I'll throw it up. And I had a great experience that one time. And it was like, oh, I'm doing this every time from now on. And I've done it like three times since then or four times since then. And it's been like like three of the four times it was horrible. It, like It was like my bag got gate checked and it ended up being a real pain in the butt anyways. <laughs> then like you got to the airport and it was like so long waiting for the bag to come out. And I, uh, you know, it was slightly more you know, waiting, waiting for the plane. It's like suddenly getting on the plane becomes a high stakes adventure because you don't know if you're going to, you know, you don't know if it's going to work out or you're you're save it, you know. save it. we got to save it for the getting on the plane section. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, you it's know, it, it, it opens the can of worms. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the point is. In recent recent years, the last the last uh, like four flights I've taken, I've tried to be a, ch- a carry on first person with uh, less than the amount of success I would have hoped for. What about you, Sean? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I change over time. I don't really have a set standard. I hate carrying on a bag. It's annoying. It's heavy. It's, there's a really nice feeling when you just grab your backpack or what your personal item, you just grab it and go. Um, I'm realistic. Like if I need to check a bag because it's too big, I just will. Like, I'm not going to like not take enough stuff. I just, it's whatever. I will say I have gotten into gate checking. Uh, and that's more on the me being cheap side. Where it's like, why would I pay to check the bag when every flight I've ever been on, they ask if anyone wants to gate check it. I, it's crazy to me. Now, of course, it's got to be a carry on size. But at that point, I don't know why you would ever pay to check that. Um, and so I do gate check, especially coming home. 
going there, usually when I get there, I don't want to do baggage claim. But when I'm coming home, it's like, I got to go get my car anyway. Like, I don't mind waiting a little longer for a bag. I go to a small airport. So I usually gate check it on the way back. Do they? Because they don't enforce, like, at TSA that your bag be small. No. Would you just bring a big bag through? (laughs) Because well, it has to know, it has to fit through the X ray machine. I will say, if you've ever put a, a, a you, you're not going to get much bigger of a bag than a carry on. But even if you did, I guess then it would be the airline employee's discretion whether or not to gate check it. Right. I don't know. Right. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm similar. I've have historically. Well, I remember we talked about this on this show because after like. After the third or fifth Mad Max experience of trying to get on the plane, I was like, it doesn't make any sense that that things work this way. But since then, if I'm traveling, I don't think I've actually fully implemented this, but I think that if I don't need to be somewhere on the other side, I will always just check the bag and I will think I'll always do the gate check. So what I'll do if I don't have a lot of stuff, I'll bring the carry on, especially if I'm traveling for myself and haven't paid for premium economy. And then I will gate check it every time, especially, uh, especially coming home. But if I'm traveling for work, definitely like who cares? Like, what am I going to do? Get to the hotel room 45 minutes sooner. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Um, but even if I'm traveling for fun, that's more fun. And so unless it's like, oh, my God, if I if, you know, we're landing at three o'clock and then, you know, we only have like an hour or two of daylight, then, OK, sure, I'll, I'll try to hustle. But otherwise, I haven't actually implemented any of these things yet, but that's my my new philosophy. Yeah, a big, a big thing for me, too, is uh, a counter service check in versus a kiosk self print check in for a carried bag. Like if I get there with a plan to check a bag and there is like a line, I'm, I mean, like I'm not doing it. Like I, I have a very That's low true. tolerance for that. The other thing is when I when I go to trade shows like this one for, in Vegas, for example, I bring two large checked bags because there's a bunch of last minute stuff that I have to bring. And I brought drills and I've brought paperwork and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, and so I will definitely be waiting at the carousel and carrying my two very large uh, suitcases with me. Wow. Okay. Um, how are you packing your bags? Do you have a checklist? Are, are you just, you know, power puttering around your house, throwing stuff in a bag? Yes. Okay. Sean's nodding. Yes. No, I used to, I, I, when, when I was traveling overseas all the time, I was like the packing cubes guy and like, you know, the shirt's got to be folded a certain way. And now that I travel less, it is, I'm not like irresponsible about it, but I just cram everything in there. Um, and, uh, I do forget stuff last year. No joke. When I went to Vegas, I forgot that, you know, not only do we have the show, I also have to set up and break down the booth. It's manual labor, but I only brought like nice clothes. So I actually had target, uh, Instacart me some t-shirts, uh, that I could wear. Cause all I had were button downs that I didn't want to damage. So I, it doesn't always work, but no, I don't, if it fits and I can zip it, I'm good. That's my only rule. It fits. It sits. Nice. Colby, what about you? I own packing cubes. I don't use them anymore. The uh, 
I feel like like Sean, I I I I have more of a system the more stressful the travel is. Like like if I'm leaving the country, I will probably prepare more than if I'm not leaving the country. Um mostly honestly I probably should do more of a list because I I lately I pack way too much. Like I'm I'm overpacking. Mm. Like I'll get to the end of the trip and it's like I didn't wear these like four t-shirts but i like spent time like shoving <laughs> like my, my bag is so full like the the zipper will will barely close so that's annoying i i always feel annoyed by that my least favorite part about traveling is deciding how many shoes i need to bring because i know the shoe mm, cost is so i high. remember this colby gosh i had forgotten <laughs> about that it's so high uh thinking about well just like even weight wise i feel like shoes are the heaviest thing you put in your in your carry-on really especially that's the nice thing about visiting the west coast is you only need to bring one pair of shoes that's great yeah (laughs) it's it's like all these other like in between places where it's like oh do you i remember going to new york like last christmas or maybe it was the one before that and realizing that like I need to bring two jackets. I need to bring the nice winter coat. I need to bring the winter coat for when it's raining. <laughs> you can't just walk around with a, a ski jacket <laughs> and, no. and walk into a nice restaurant in New York. Absolutely not. Um, nor can you just walk around with Merrill sneakers literally everywhere, which is what I do now when I travel to the West Coast. Like summer, winter, it doesn't matter. Same pair of shoes. <laughs> restaurants, no restaurants. Who cares? Nobody cares. Same pair of shoes, which has been great. Bring some, yeah. bring some sandals if it's going to be hot if you feel like and you got the space, but you don't need to. That's I, that's I, a nice place to be. I have to fly with steel toe boots uh, for safety while building the booth. Uh, seriously, it's a policy uh, because we use power tools oh, and, and do heavy that's things. That's the cheapest way to bring them because then they don't take up space or weight. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I don't though. I put them in my suitcase because they're uncomfortable to wear. But you know, I do. I do have to bring them, uh, and um, yeah, that's that's not fun. Have no. your boots ever saved no. your toe? Never. I nothing ever comes near my feet. Like I don't do. It's one of those policy things that do I actually? It's like safety glasses as well. Where it's like I'm not like I'm putting in a screw with a drill. Like if safety. I. If I poked my eyes out, something's really gone horribly wrong. So <laughs> not yet. I almost have had things crash onto me, but I wasn't wearing a hard hat anyway. So wouldn't have, wouldn't have made a difference. <laughs> Toes are great. So uh, for me, since we're running out of time, I'm going to move it along. Uh, I used to be a power putterer. And then at, at some point, I think right before COVID, I realized that you can Google place you're going to space packing list and someone's written a blog post that used to be humans. Now it's probably not that has like, and the nice thing about doing that is you'll get like things like, Oh, right. You know, it's Arizona and maybe I should consider bringing a bathing suit, even though it's February, your, you, your brain gets like reminded of these things. However, I always forget the generic things that I should always bring or at least consider bringing and don't. Um, so recently I have implemented the generic, it's more like a decision tree. It's like, will I be flying any red eyes? If so, I need to pack the pillow and, and the eye mask because now I have three of those because I've forgotten that I have to buy more at the airport. So I have like a lightweight 
you know, phone charger, like the stuff I know I'm always going to need. I just have it in the list now and you can make reusable checklists in the Apple reminders, which I didn't hmm. know about. Uh, and then I can just run through it and I know I've, I've thought about the things I need to think about whether or not to bring. And I've definitely brought the things I always have to bring. Um, but nice. yeah, I've, Eh, the most recent trip I did successfully not. Oh no, I forgot the raincoat, which I because I didn't consult the new spreadsheet. So, oh man, uh, that's a thing. Is it definitely going to rain where I'm going somewhere? I should bring a raincoat. Uh, might it rain? Then I'll bring the umbrella. Is there no chance of rain? Then fine, I bring nothing. That's one thing. Not to like pat myself on the back here, but I never make the same mistake twice. Yeah. I make a lot of mistakes the first time I go somewhere, but by the second time I go. I just Las Vegas was like that where in February, when you go the first year I went, I didn't bring any kind of like body moisturizing anything (laughs) and it's the driest place on earth and you're inside all the time. And so it's like moisturizer, uh, uh, chapstick, uh, you got to bring all that stuff. And I never did. And the first year I almost died. So, um, that's a, a, a valuable lesson to learn. Okay. Do you, do you, you think you packed your bags? Do you think a person could ask ChatGPT to make them a packing list? Probably. I don't know how good it would do for like the specific places. Mm. Like make make me a packing list for the Faroe Islands. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe right. it would. Right. Um, well, go ahead. Give me give me an example place. Make me a packing list for the Faroe Islands. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think the Faroe Islands is like now? I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to go back at some point in my life. It has. To I be feel done. like when we went, the the sort of like tourist infrastructure was just starting to be constructed. Like there was, I remember so many like sort of like just like partly framed houses on the hillsides or <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just did it, Sean. It looks pretty good. I think this would be good enough for my purposes of like prompting me to be like, oh, yeah, I should think about like the socks or, you know, th- just getting your brain to think in different ways. Yeah, are but you, are you prompt engineering right now? Is that what's happening? Well, I was curious because I'm like, yeah, that's I did the same thing. It's a good list for Faroe Islands. But for comparison's sake, I just said, make me a packing list for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and... Oh, it's saying for each season what you have to bring. It's a lot of similar stuff. Snacks for on the go, <laughs> hand warmers in the winter. Yeah, I mean, this isn't totally but useless. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't start. So did your Faroe Islands one start with bring a waterproof jacket? Yes. Okay, right. So that's like the, an important thing. And it oh, does get that right. The Cleveland one says bring brass knuckles. Oh, my <laughs> God. That can't be right. <laughs> Is that bad? Oh. Is Cleveland dangerous? Um, all right, moving on. So you've packed. Now it's it's flight day. You show up at the airport. Um, and so there's, I don't know, is there anything to talk about at that stage? I don't think so. TSA, going through TSA, what's your strategy? Are you, are you pre-check boys? Yes. No. No. Wow. Long lines only. Damn. All right. So I, for whatever reason, I don't know how this happened, but one of my flights 
Well, both of my flights to Phoenix and back, I initially had no pre-check, even though I had pre-check. So I showed up at the airport, and thank God I was to show up super in advance. And despite the fact this one departed at 6 a.m., I was still there relatively early. And I had time to go through the... It still took about 20 minutes to go through the regular security line. And the thing that blew my mind was, A, I was embarrassed because I had for, I was just out of practice with it. I had forgotten a bunch of shit. Um, I only forgot one thing. I actually forgot two things, but they didn't call me on the second thing. I forgot to take my liquids out, and I forgot to take my iPad out. They only called me on the iPad. I don't know <laughs> what they were doing. Do you not have they, to take your liquids out give, anymore? They don't they... give a fuck about the liquids. I, I haven't taken my liquids okay. out in years. All right. Uh, but I was shocked at how incompetent everyone else was in this line. Where this, and you know, uh, and this is where, God, we were only getting to the good part of the episode at the very end, but this is where I start to have some really strong opinions because there's this woman and she had a baby and a bunch of associated crap. She's like, do I need to take this out? Do I need to take that out? And it's like, this is, there should be a separate line for if you have any questions about what you need to do in this line. And, right. and, and everyone there will be very happy to answer your questions. So there should be a separate line for you to attest. I have no questions about what's going on. I it's like this is the express checkout lane, and you get three you get three strikes on that lane. If you fuck up three times in that lane, your ability to use that lane is revoked for a period of two years or whatever. I if I were to run for president, this is the this is one of my planks of like <laughs> this is real policy changes that would affect real American lives. Um, that would be one of them. Right, you get like it was every, awful. every person gets like a, a security check since last uh, incident <laughs> count or something. Right, yeah. As long as you something is, something is to like encourage, four. like if you know that you're good, then you can opt into this process, and and if you know that you're not good, then you can do this, and to encourage people to self-regulate in that way. Which, again, I don't blame the woman. If I was bringing a baby through, I would know the answer to any of these questions either. And there's no other place to ask them. So why not make a separate place? Why not? There, why isn't there like a pregame line? Like, here, let's do fake TSA over here. We don't even have a scanner. Just get in line. <laughs> we, uh, you can ask me all your questions. And then we'll make sure you're good to go. And then we'll put it's, you in the real line. Maybe we'll, like we'll the- even put you through. How about this? We'll even put you through to the front. We'll even do like the clear thing for you. We'll like check your ID. We'll do the slow process, and if you're, and we'll like get all your baby bottles arranged, and then boom, you go straight to the front. It'll take you more time. It'll save everyone else tons of time, though. <laughs> you know, I just pressed. No, I know I love it. I, I was just thinking, like, you know, it's like when you go on a roller coaster and they have the seat out front. You can sit in to see if you fit before you go to the roller coaster, so you don't have to wait in line to see. It's, it's a good idea, Dan. I'm agreeing with you. Um, my I think my problem at the airport is I have way too much patience. Mm. Like, I don't care that people go slow at the airport. Like, I just I'm usually there early enough. I, I rarely run into problems. I, I'm just a low stress guy in general. And I just Very now, of course, admirable. I I'm, I'm pre check. Well, it's a listen. I appreciate the credit. Uh, <laughs> but it's also like I get it. Like, it is confusing. Like, and if you don't fl- like the, f- I flew with my mother and she never travels anywhere. And she was all free. I told her the one advice I tell her, which is watch the person in front of you, find a confident looking guy. And do- if they take their shoes off, you take your shoes off. If he takes his belt off, you take your belt off. Like that's your best way to do is just watch. 
That's how you learn. Um, but if someone doesn't know and they slow things down, it's as long as they're not being rude or a total idiot, then it, you know, it's here's, just part of it. Here's another thing uh, on that, on that point, which is the people who are most likely to not fly that often are the people in the regular security line. Yeah. And at every airport I've been to, there's a set of TSA agents who are just shouting at the top of their lungs over and over again, a subset of the instructions that you need to follow the ones that are most frequently broken, but not all of the rules, but you have so much and some of the airports they'll have like, remember the three, two, one rule, but they don't have all of them. And if they do, they're spread across multiple signs as you're winding your way through the thing. (laughs) You're standing in line long enough. Most of the time that if there were a large, large sign like a movie poster size thing you could read all of it while you are in line but those don't that doesn't exist and i suspect the reason is because the rules change day to day that's my impression whether the shoes on shoes off electronics out electronics in liquids out liquids in but then that just makes it more confusing because then someone comes back they're like well six months ago they didn't even mention anything about fucking shoes and now i have to take (sighs) yeah it's now dan i'm surprised uh, you haven't gone clear and not in the Scientology I way. I have. But you've gone clear. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. We can move on to my complaints about that system, which is okay. I've redone my clear thing three or four times. And still, every time it does my eyes, I have to do it. I have to do it three times. And then eventually the employee gives up. And I'm like, yes, I told you at the beginning, it never works for my eyes. Recently, they have started letting me just go straight for the fingers, which is <laughs> a funny <laughs> sentence. Um, and now my experience with the clear has improved a lot. Um, so anyways, that's, that's clear, clear does, it does mean if you are in a COVID conscious, uh, part of your life, you don't have to take your mask off. That's the number one reason to get clear. Otherwise it doesn't save you that much time. Am I remembering that correctly? I think that's true. Unless until my second complaint, but, but go well, on. I, I was going to give you my pitch to at least improve airport security. Okay. So I I don't think because sometimes I go in the pre-check line is longer than the regular line, you know. That's what just, I was just about to say. Uh, yes. Yeah, and and it's it, it's um, the biggest offenders for this: New York, San Francisco, and Seattle. Yeah, you know, the place I where people God, there have money and travel flying a lot. at these airports who have pre-check then do not, and there's only ever one pre-check line, and then there's five gates for every. Oh my God. So, so, so here's my theory, right? I don't think you can ever fix the line, but I don't think the line's the problem. The problem is that you show up not knowing how much of a line there is, because if you knew the line was an hour long, you would show up an hour earlier. When you go my local DMV, I can go on the website literally right now and it will tell me how long the wait is. I can go to Disneyland's website. It'll tell me how long to wait for each ride. Why can't I go on the airport's app? It's checkpoint B pre-check right now is about 30 minutes. Regular security is about 45. To, to Seattle's credit, you can do this with the Seattle app. Okay, yeah. there you Which go. Which is nice. Really and another thing Seattle does that not all airports do is the you can pre-register for a time slot and then you get like free clear. Yes, basically. you were telling me about that. Yes. Yeah, no, they, they need to do more things like just raise awareness of of what the situation is. And then direct the other thing is they got to direct people to the under. I forget what airport I was in, but it was like everyone was going to one checkpoint and I was like, I'm not waiting. So I had to walk like half a mile, but there was nobody there. And I'm like, boy, if they had 
They just got to do some traffic management. Yes. yes. And to that point, the which ones are currently accepting pre-check and which are not, at least yeah. sometimes, I don't know if it's that they vary constantly in Seattle or if sometimes there's only one and sometimes there's two. I haven't quite narrowed it down, but you never know until you walk up to it, which one it is. Um, which also adds to the confusion and the inefficiency. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We have like four minutes left. Well, we can, Dan, <laughs> we can continue part two on a future episode. That's we don't have to true. complete the whole journey today. I know, okay. we're, I know we have right. so many topics to get through in future we weeks. Even got, but yeah, what you do, what you do after you get through security what, what any rituals well, or, I, or Dan? The answer to that is the one thing every human being does at the airport, which is walk all the way to your gate to prove it exists, and then immediately leave to do something else. I've stopped doing that, but I did. Have you really? That. that is, it's so funny because I think that's like a, such a universal thing. Where it's like you have to go to your gate and you look at the sign. You say, "Yep, that's my plane," and then you like walk away and do something else, which is so funny. I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. Well, why don't we? Uh, well, why don't we put a pin in it here? This has been a great line of discussion. I think this is enjoyable. We're going to track the whole the whole story. Who knows how many episodes this will take? But we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Dan, you said you had a pick. You want to you want to share it this week? Oh yes. Um, we've been doing lots of calls with lawyers recently, and uh, lots of information <clears throat> is disseminated, and you don't. It's it can happen very suddenly, uh, and so. I was like, I wish there was an app where it would it would record my calls. And and I was like, surely there's like some, you know, cool LLM thingy that'll, you know, something about whisper something something. And sure <laughs> enough, there's this app called what is it called? I put it in the spreadsheet, but I think that was actually for a past episode. AIKO on the iOS App Store. And it presents a very simple interface. You can import an audio file. You can just click record and start recording. And you can import video. Hmm. Then your phone gets really hot for <laughs> a long time. And eventually, it spits out the text. And you can export it in a bunch of different ways. You can export it as subtitle files for like movies so if you have like if you're if you're one of those Plex people and you have movies that don't have subtitles, I guess you could do it this way. You can export it as CSV and JSON. You can do text with timestamps and brackets, or you can just do raw text, and then you can share those files anywhere. And it's totally free because I think it just uses this, the APIs that iOS provides for doing this stuff. Um, it's all on device, no open AI mumbo jumbo. It's been very useful. And that the transcriptions have been extremely accurate, way better than like YouTube captions, which is kind of surprising. Wow. Now, is there a, a cost to this? No. Wow. Like, I think it's just a wrapper around some Apple API that they just ship with iOS. That's my understanding. Oh my goodness. These people have like a whole bunch of different apps. They have like 100 apps. I mean, unless I'm unless all my data is getting stolen right now. Oh my god, they! I'm definitely get. They have an HEIC converter. There you go. Yeah, they got. Oh my goodness, they got a whole bunch of cool stuff in here. This is great. It's. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce their company name. Sindre Sorhus. Uh, that might be the person's name. 
okay great great person uh and uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff on here but i'm gonna i might check this out because they have a a desktop version um and maybe i'll try running the the show video through it for um yes. closed captions on youtube that'd be great nice mm. great pick dan we'll have the link to that on the website very nice i don't have a pick i do want to mention quickly though uh i have been interested in a while. I bought one of those remarkable tablets, the, the uh. ink note taking tablets. It's incredible. It's incredible. I love it. I used to take the world's worst notes on little scraps of paper all over my desk and it's amazing to write on and it's very organized and I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Yeah. I so. still use mine all the time. It's it's my coworker has like an iPad. He just started taking notes on it. And then I showed up with this thing and he's like, oh, that's cooler. I'm like, oh, <laughs> sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. could have been you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you were sleeping. Uh, awesome, guys. Well, uh, as we head towards the end here, I do have to do cross promotion. Uh, we are le- legally obligated to talk about our sister show over at Up for Debate. Uh, we just published our Super Bowl prop bets. Um, and for the first time this year, I didn't live tweet them and Matt was not paying attention. So only I know the results. They're going to (laughs) be revealed on the episode exclusively. Uh, I'm not even going to tease them here. I can't tell you there is a winner. And for the first year ever, I gambled actual cash on some of these prop bets. Um, did I win big? Did I lose big? You're going to have to tune in to find out. And then the week (laughs) after that is the movie draft. We're bringing the movie league back. These guys are going to be playing. Uh, we got a whole crew of people. It's going to be a ton of fun. Check that out at upfordebate.tv or wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Upford Debate. Of course, our show is at dopanic.io. We'll have a link to Dan's pick as well as the audio and video for this. And all the episodes will be there. Uh, you can get a hold of us. Don't panic show at gmail.com. Email us your travel tips. We'd love to talk about them on the next episode. Uh, and I think that just wraps us up here. So uh, we appreciate everyone out there being for us on behalf of Dan and Colby. I'm Sean. Uh, thanks for being here. We're going to see you next time for another great episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.